Marketing Made Easy, the podcast on this episode. It's not that we don't like children. We do, but we just, um, we wouldn't go, we, we definitely wouldn't uh, run a nursery together. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Welcome to the Marketing Made Easy podcast. This is where we are going to be interviewing each other so you can get to know us, which is a bit cringe on our part, probably because we're from the UK. Um, we are Brits and British people, especially British women of a certain age, don't rah-rah or like to speak to themselves. Uh, speak to themselves? I always speak to myself. <laughs> they don't like to speak about themselves. Um, even the most confident, outspoken ones don't. So we are forcing ourselves out of the comfort zone and interviewing each other so that you guys have an opportunity to get to know us a little bit more uh, being as this is actually our podcast although we're going to be like kind of focusing on other people in the interviews it's always easier actually answering someone else's questions than just so that's why we've got the advantage of there being two of us and it don't, I don't just have to spend half an hour talking about myself like actually yeah. you know you do get that don't you on podcasts where people go yeah. like hello and welcome to the episode that's all about me <laughs> <laughs> oh god I don't think I could do it yeah it would be well you'd have to you'd have to yeah, uh, but anyway but this is it see yeah let's get hey this is one other thing i'd wanted to say when i have my own podcast let's get into it <laughs> that's real cheesy dj i know talk. a lot of them do do that don't they they go right let's get into it let's get into let's, it get into it so i'm anna geary and i'm interviewing anita baldwin today um welcome anita i'm very happy to be here just tell us a little bit about yourself, your backstory, and how you got to be where you are today. It's fortunate enough to be um, working with me as part of the Get Savvy Club. <laughs> fortunate is the word. Um, so I have always been a corporate girl, lady, woman, whatever. Um, so I started in marketing when I was kind of 21. Um as a, a temporarily, so I got a job as a marketing assistant for a healthcare company um, and loved it. I love marketing. I still love marketing. I've been doing it 25 years um, and absolutely love it. I love the psychology of it. It's like a puzzle to me to try and work out how you can influence someone's behaviour. So I think in another world, I'd love to be a psychologist, but I'm not. I'm a marketeer. So, um, yeah, so I worked for a variety of different businesses, um, just same old story really um met someone at work got married had a couple of kids um and then part-time marketing jobs don't really happen unless you're in one and then you have a child and say can I go part-time and they agree so that's great so I was doing a part-time marketing job um marriage fell apart for whatever reason um and so I wasn't happy in my job at the time um but my um then husband was very successful and worked away a lot so I was with the very young children so I didn't have any choice got divorced and then needed my job more than ever um so I still had no choice to leave uh, I needed the income I couldn't go and set up on my own I couldn't risk that and also my children were quite young at the time, they were four and six, so I needed a part-time job to be around for the school run and things like that. So things change over time. I can like confirm that it was really hard to get any job on a part-time basis around school run hours, let alone a marketing job, because obviously I had a recruitment business and all the time we were getting like people going, oh, I've got my kids now, I want to work part-time. And we were like, it's not really a thing, which did feel kind of bad because I also work part-time the hours that I wanted to do, but we'd kind of worked our butts off to get to that place where we could yes. you know yes 
So you, you grab onto it and you don't let go. So I ended up 10 years in a job where I was actually quite unhappy. Um, but for a variety of reasons, it suited me. And, and they were very flexible around the children with me and they paid me pretty good money. Uh, still got me cheap that, you know, if I'd have not had children and been, you know, back full time, I'd have been charging a lot more money. But so, yeah, um, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Things changed, got remarried. Um, you know, my husband now is based at home and just kind of is more of a doer than my ex-husband and he just said stop whinging and do something about it um you know I was part-time obviously and he said you've got more free time than any other grown-up person I know so set something up on the side but by the time I'd done the shopping and cleaned the house and you know done the school run and you hide behind these tasks don't you so I was never had time to do anything and then um one way or another suddenly completely out of character I just went for it and thought I can't do this job anymore so I handed in my notice didn't bother to set myself up something in advance, just kind of finished work and was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? I've got bills to pay, mortgage to pay. While, you know, my husband had an income coming in, it wasn't enough to cover everything we needed. Um, but I do think I'm one of those people that needs to be pushed off and then I'll go, right, okay, what do I need to do? And I'll do what I need to do. And I'm not one of those that will push myself out of my comfort zone if I don't have to. And I wasn't, you know, I was, I still am, I think, quite a shy person. I'm not the kind of person that charges into a new networking meeting and go hi I can do this for you and although I'm you know great at marketing even if I say so myself marketing yourself is a whole different thing so I thought right okay this is it now I've got to make money so I've got to do the things that might you know I might have avoided before um so yeah I'm all about making it easy for myself I didn't have a clue what to do or where to go so I looked around to find someone to ask and I saw you on social media that I'd known years before hadn't seen for ages always on social media um talking about networking you were doing and seemed to have a lot of contacts and I thought okay that's the person that can help me to like circumnavigate this brave new world and find out what I need to do so I contacted you um and asked you for a meeting which again was kind of stepping outside my comfort zone because I don't want to be that awful person that just you know haven't spoken to you for years people want to help other people there's a big difference between asking for help and then being like um you know like sucking the life out of someone there's a big difference isn't yeah. there? we all like to help people and we actually do and i was quite surprised when i i, I asked people for help and they, they actually want to help you and because you feel good about helping people yeah I mean, plus you weren't you doing it in a kind of like oh open your black book and tell me all your people that i can you know you weren't like that you were like just genuinely like yeah but even that took a big ounce of, right, okay, let's go for it, um, from me, a big deep breath. So I did it, and you said, right, you need to go networking here, here, and here. And one of the first ones you sent me to, like, two days later, was um, a well-known... Um, networking group who have weekly meetings um, and are kind of networking on steroids. I've never done any networking before. I didn't even know about the whole 60 second pitch thing. So it's like, I think it was January. So I had to scrape ice off my car, leave the house at six in the morning um, and truck up to this meeting. And it was like, there was chanting, there was traffic light systems of people that hadn't done enough referrals. And then all of a sudden they said, Anita, would you like to stand up and talk for a minute and tell us about yourself? And I literally set up my business like two days ago. They should have told you all of this. Yeah. They should have told Plus, they didn't even tell me you're going to have to pay £10 and we don't take credit cards. So I didn't even have any money. So I had to borrow money off this person who I'd never met before, which I found really embarrassing as well. So all of a sudden I'm standing in a room full of people I don't know saying, hi, I'm 
Anita and I do this and it was like oh my god I just thought do you know what networking is not for me um running my own business is not for me it's not something I can do um but I'd promised uh, you'd introduce me to someone else and I'd met with them for a coffee they'd taken time out to meet with me and were fantastic and they said they go to another networking meeting that they love and they'd invited me to that and I'd agreed to go so I'm not the kind of person that would agree to do something and then just not turn up so I had that the next day so I thought right okay I need to do that and I walked into that and it was the friendliest loveliest networking group of people the complete opposite of the one I'd been to before and so I kind of credit that group with saving my entrepreneurship because they were lovely and I thought actually I can do this and I joined that meeting and I got my first clients through that meeting and my confidence just grew and grew and I started to think right I am hustling for every client I'm quite a I don't know anally retentive person I like to know how much money I've got coming in what I can do with it and I don't know any of that I don't know where my next clients come from I don't um, create dependency on me I helped people to do their own marketing so eventually they wouldn't need me so I wasn't ever going to sign up clients for life because I don't agree with that kind of model so I thought right okay I started to investigate the one-to-many online courses and things like that and um Although I was getting better at marketing myself and getting out there and, you know, doing the odd video on LinkedIn and things like that, I still knew that that was a massive um, side of everything that I wasn't good at. And that, you know, if I was going to be successful at this whole thing, I needed to counter that. So I was great at the marketing strategy and the content, you know, how to do what you need to do, what your messages should be, what your foundational strategy should be picking you one thing, your ideal client, not great at that whole other thing. So I looked around, kept seeing Anna on social media all the time and kind of approached you about, you know, an option we could do. And you're like, oh, I'm not really sure. Obviously thought it through and then approached me with a different option. And we said, okay, let's let's launch this um, online programme um, to help people with their social media. I do kind of all the strategy side of it. You do all the tactics and social media side. Between us, we're doing all the sales and it all just comes together beautifully I think because we've got the same vision um, but because we're both pretty ambitious. I remember when we did that thing where people could come for the it was like three oh. weeks weren't it like mm. over three weeks and they got to go to that it's a lovely place actually the venue that we got that you got cheap. that's a marketing workshop which was the first thing we did wasn't it and it was only 99 quid each for the day because we were unknowns, we hardly sold any of those did we which was just I think we had like five or six people and then one person was ill and another person couldn't make it. This is how organised we are. Like Anita, the day before, went with her husband um, to the venue on a su- Sunday night with all with a laptop, the projector, making sure that it all worked perfectly. And then, of course, on the Monday morning when we got there, it didn't work. Just didn't work. Like it's all exactly the same. It's all there. And lifesaver, an IT guy that I know mm. called Chris, who is our IT guy now. Funnily enough, because he was so great. Yeah, wasn't at the time. No, I just I just knew him through. Guess what? Networking. And um, I just was like help. <laughs> and he, he drove across Leicestershire to get it all back working. So we salvaged it. But it's just funny because he make it sound like oh yeah, we just plugged this together and it just worked. It wasn't that simple. <laughs> so yeah, we you know we've we've paid people to help us and then not got the great service but we've learned bit by bit and you know I think we're both quite tenacious people and I also think what we've got in common is we don't do things by halves if we're going to do it we're going to bloody well do it one of the things I'm interested to, to know about <laughs> oh you you're like so panicked now aren't you we've both got children but Anita has like this whole other world going on whereas I, I do have a new I've not with the, the dads of my children they're collective by the way I haven't got 10 million kids I've got two kids but they've got two dads so I have to call them like <laughs> the dads but I'm not with with the dads anymore I've got a new partner but he doesn't have any children so it works out quite well so I don't have all these other people that I need to get to know or anything like that I'm just my uh, boyfriend is just 
my boyfriend for me. There's not this whole other world that we've got. But your new husband has actually got three children. So between mm. you, you've got five children. So every other weekend, you are like a family of seven, which blows my mind. And then obviously yeah. the other weekend, you're like, just like, love's young dream, just together and got your own. Yeah. And when we met, his youngest was five months old as well. And all my friends, and my youngest was five or six. And so everyone went, you're mad. Why? Because I was not a baby person, you know. What kind of a wife are you? How do you deal with the blended family? Basically, I they aren't my children. They're his children. So it's not, and they've got a mum. I treat all the children the same and I have the same rules for all the children. But it's not for me to, um, you know, be telling Mark's children what to do other outside the normal household rules. So everybody follows rules. Luckily, they all get on. Um, and luckily, Mark, my husband, is really easygoing and is happy that we've, we've got the same attitude towards children that, you know, should be able to have a load of fun. But there are certain things that, like mealtimes, I will not cook. The seven of us will not cook different meals. You all get the same meal. I don't cook weird meals. You know, we have spaghetti bolognese, shepherd's pie, chicken nuggets, stuff like that. Um, but you all eat it. And if you don't like it you'll wait until the next meal you know hunger is not an issue if you're hungry enough you will eat that food in front of you so if you don't want it one you don't get pudding and two you don't get anything till the next meal which is probably breakfast the next day and actually I was harder with my kids my, my son would only eat fish fingers and petit falou and uh, I thought right I'm solving this so I would dish him up that meal that he'd rejected for the next meal as well so he'd often get shepherd's pie for breakfast and I'll say I'll keep dishing it up to you until and now he eats anything in front of you he's not a fussy eater at all when I was a teenager I decided obviously as a teenager does i'm gonna be a vegetarian and uh my mom mm. did not like literally so if it was a roast dinner everyone was having i would just have just the the veg that'd be it yeah. she wouldn't go, go and get like i'd go oh, can i have a linda mccartney's that was the end thing then no nothing so i just have to have what like what they had but without the meat you know just without the stuff so but it, it's right it's the, best, it's the best way to be obviously i know that you're not like a real like you're not like um it's not that we don't like children we do but we just um we wouldn't go we, we definitely wouldn't uh, run a nursery together i justify it now that i'm a great role model for my children because i am you know ambitious and independent and support myself and i'm setting up a business and running it and that's the best role model they can have in life rather than i don't i'm giving up my life to just look after my children because uh, they're part of my life they're a big part of my life but they're just a part of my life and that's how i see it and i think honestly if we didn't have every other weekend without children which took a few years of me going because we, we did we weren't in alignment and um, we kind of just had children all the time and I thought, I can't do that. Um, but now every other weekend is OK and they're getting older, so it's better. But yeah, you, I wouldn't choose it. Funnily enough, when Anita and I started working together, just so happens we have our kids on the same weekend. Like it's yeah. the same way, always has. And my uh, ex tried to change it. So I was like, no, not changing it. Is So if we want to go, obviously at the moment, um, it's coronavirus time, so we don't get to travel anywhere. But, you know, when we've, we've done like, we've, we've spoken at like um, events where we've been, done public speaking, at, like um, there was one that was a business event and it happened to be the weekend that we didn't have the kids. So it was great. So we could go and not feel yeah. like, oh, someone's got to look after the children and whatnot. So we could pick uh, which weekends work better for us. So that, so that mm. was good. Right. So I'm interested to know as well, because you everybody wrongly thinks that um anita is the calm more sensible one at the two of us um because obviously you know she's married 
been married twice and you know she's like you know just has like a set like you know she's got things like degrees and has had been in marketing all her life it's very like it's the same stuff she's been i'm interested to know if you ever went through like um a time in your life where you would describe it as like a crazy time let's split up for my husband i read ages ago that you're more likely to have some kind of mini midlife crisis or completely make a massive change in your life if you've got a nine at the end of your age. So when I was 39, I, um, you know, I've been thinking for years, oh, I'm not very happy, but I thought, do you know what? The grass isn't always greener. This is what life's like. You've made your bed, lie in it. You're, you're okay. You know, you might not be happy. Did you but... read that thing like, and think, oh, I'm nearly got a nine at the end of my thing. I'm going to go and be crazy. Did you plan it? No, no. But just looking back, I was 39 when I completely massively imploded my life. Um, so, yeah, I kind of spent a long time, many years actually, thinking, well, I'm not happy, but what can I do about it? The children are too young. I don't want them to grow up in a broken home and all that. And then all of a sudden, I just couldn't carry on. It was not even an option anymore. Um, so it wasn't a great breakup, I'll be honest. In fact, it was terrible. Um, um, you know, one of the worst possible ways to do it. But I think I kind of had to almost implode my life to be brave enough to get out. Because all these people talk about, you know, what would you tell, what advice would you give to your younger self? And mine would definitely be be braver because there's so many things I've wanted to do, but I haven't been brave enough to do. Um, and so it wasn't bravery that got me out of that marriage. It was kind of temporary insanity. I'm sure of it. I wasn't myself for a number of months, but I ended up, um, we were stuck in the same house um, for a long time because my ex-husband wouldn't sell it. He wouldn't move out. I couldn't move out because it wasn't, I was only working part-time, so I didn't have physically enough money to do it. So it was quite a difficult time. Um, and then eventually we got sorted and I managed to buy my own house. Um, and I moved into it sort of two days before my 40th birthday. And so I was surrounded by boxes. It was my daughter's birthday. So I had to like plan and do a whole big, um, uh, not surprise a party and everything for her so I did all that kept myself going and then finally on my 40th birthday they went to their dad's and I kind of just sat on the kitchen floor and just thought oh my god how have I ended up here you know I'm 40 years old I'm pretty much starting again I'm on my own you know more miserable than I've ever been um, I was stuck in that part-time job don't forget that I didn't like I had young children my family I don't live near my family because I grew up in Hampshire um, so my family are like 150 miles away I had no support no help I just thought oh my god how has this happened and um, it took me quite a while to pick myself back up from that but I'm probably proudest that I did and now what was that that was um the back end of 2013 so now seven years later I not only you know I rebuilt my life on my own so I was happy being you know a single mom happy doing all of that met my husband when when I split up with um Serena like Serena's dad very quickly I was with Rock, like Rocky's dad so I went too fast into that relationship and then actually when I split with him having that time and I was like really clear I was saying to her because I'm the kind of person I don't actually want um uh, like I don't set out to get myself a boyfriend I always managed to have one somehow so um and so I was like right I was really that clear I wasn't even going to date wasn't going to see anyone for a whole year no one better come near me and actually it's great to, to know that you're self-sufficient you can look after yourself and be happy oh god definitely you definitely need that especially when you've come out of a big breakup and especially when you've got children I didn't want you know a parade of men going past them or anything like that so I wanted to concentrate on them and you know I had every other weekend 
don't forget, without them. And then uh, my best friend had to split up with her husband as well. So we just used to hit it hard. I drank a lot. And the time when I thought time to stop drinking was when I went to give my son and Nanite kiss. And I kissed him and he went, no, not wine breath again. And I went, Pim's actually. I thought, oh, that's, that's the time to knock it on the head, isn't it? So I spent a year, um, you know, drinking quite a lot, going out um, with friends when I didn't have the kids. The proudest thing, I think, is I picked myself up from that. I got happy. I've met somebody else. We've moved house. You know, we have this weird blended family but it works um and then i've started my own business that i've always wanted to do and then i started the get savvy club with you and it's got you know it's going fantastically well but the vision we've got for the future where i've no doubt we'll get to is a massively successful business um helping loads of different businesses earning really good money and having you know a fantastic life and so i've set my store on that and so to go from literally sobbing on the kitchen floor all alone at 40 going what the hell has gone wrong here to you know this I think is monumental it's taken what's it taken six years six and a half years so you know it's not been an easy climb but yeah that's my period of insanity and probably the the proudest thing I've done we all live a lot longer like years ago we all used to die like age 35 40 so it was kind of like oh we just got to get through got to get the kids what you know and also women couldn't make their own money either so they had to rely on on a man for things so whereas now the world has changed so much but i think if you're not having you know if you haven't had shifts or changes in your life then you're not you're not living and you've i think people have missed out and there's so many people that do play it safe but it's amazing because i had friends judge me and when i told my our group of like you know you have coupley friends all of them they were absolutely gobsmacked and they had no idea i was even unhappy and one of them said god i used to want to be you and i was like i have been so unhappy for so long but you just kind of carry on don't you so it's bizarre if you're in a relationship and actually like how you said your ex ex um husband and really good money so from the outside looking in like i obviously mm. knew it on a very kind of acquaintance kind of you know literally school run and i would have said like she has the you know seems to have the perfect not for me type of life but you know like what other people yeah. would want is the perfect life because you had a white picket fence um i remember you got a bigger house down the road yeah. like, house um than, than the rest of us you know you've got one boy one girl a husband yeah. money. you've also got a little part-time job yourself that earns good money as well so really it's like it ticks a lot of boxes and it, t- it takes more guts, I think, to walk away from that because other people think, well, you should just think yourself lucky and stay where you are and get yeah, through it. Yeah. Why you- and, you know, I lost all those friends. No, None of them talk to me now. Do you know what? Still worth it, definitely. 100%. It's like when I, and I feel the same when I split with my daughter's dad because nothing wrong with the guy. Still a great guy. Get on really, really well with him. But he's a lot older than me. And I think we just, I grew apart from him he's still the same guy that i went out with like when we very first met when i was like yeah. 20 exactly the same he's not changed at all whereas i've obviously changed massively in in that time huge amount so it's my fault but people say well, well why you want to leave you know so he's nice to you you've got a thing you get on and it's like actually but if you know i mean it's two completely different like um circumstances in terms of splitting up um with the two different dads but it is that kind of you have to be brave and you have to be true to yourself and a lot of people won't understand it or a lot of people will judge you because they've been too scared to do it so there'll be people that are 10 years older than you now 20 years older than you that will be like they're actually jealous that you took that step because exactly. they the kids do get older and the kids do leave and um 
you know, what are you going to do then? You've got to think, you have got to do things sometimes for, for you. Um, so you have a really good work ethic. Like it's ridiculous. Like um, what I like is you take action really quickly. Like you'll go, basically we have an idea and we do, we just do it. And um, so where do you think you got your sort of work ethic from? Um, definitely from my dad. He was German, so his uh, his dad was killed in the war. His mom had two children living in one room. She got then married to a um, guy from the RAF and they came over to here. So he was 10 when he came over to this country, couldn't speak any English. So they put him in the idiot's class, fitting like the round shape into the round hole until he picked up enough English to learn it. So he didn't have a great childhood. Um, my nana, his mother, was... Um, bitter about her life, um, never very happy and blamed him um, for, you know, I think she was offered quite a good job after the war, but she couldn't take it because she had the children. So she blamed them for not being able to do that and just being miserable. She wasn't a very nice person. So I think because he had that upbringing and he basically when he he was 15, she said, right, now you're 15, you've got to stand on your own two feet, off you go. So he just um, had to join the army. So that's what he did. And, you know, ended up doing really well trained as a physiotherapist worked was in the army for you know I think he was a captain or something and then left and set up his own physiotherapy practice but for him education and hard work was everything because he'd done it all himself um but I think he was always like well I didn't have any education so you are going to so he was always said you know you'll go to university and I said I don't want to go to university and he was like you will go and he was quite a domineering man he's not anymore bizarrely because he's you know grown too old but he was you know you didn't mess with him as a child um and so we kind of argued about this for ages and then guess what I had to go to university you know, if you needed any money or if you needed his time and it was related to your education, there was no question you'd give it. Whereas if you wanted to do something else, like I needed a new top or whatever or new shoes, you'd be like, no, I'm not, you know, earn your own money to get that, you know. Um, So it was bizarre. So I kind of just, I think that instilled in me that you've got to work hard to do well. Um, And I almost feel that that's not right now because I'm trying to get that feeling out of me and that I don't have to go and sit down in front of my laptop from nine till eight to be successful. I could do it between nine and quarter past nine and then go and do something else. So I'm trying really hard to kind of get that. So try to work smarter, like we say. We do work hard, but don't feel guilty if you don't start till 10 or if we, you want to go shopping or something like that because we do what we need to do. Um, and it's not always about working 80 hours a week, hour weeks to be successful. That's Those two things aren't necessarily related. You could work an 80-hour week and... Uh, nothing that's what blows my mind is i i just thought because i had a job in an office i like i'd done so well and because i was earning good money I, I was doing really well because i didn't from the background that was re- doing really well but actually now i know about like business and assets and financial freedom and stuff now i realize actually you just had a job i know that you work really hard and you do, you weren't actually doing that well but although i was you know getting the money and spent getting it spending it getting it spending it realizing that actually i should have been doing a lot if you don't have those role models and you don't know stuff you don't know stuff but no. now we're doing but obviously it's that kind of if your dad's always said to you you've got to work hard you think oh well and and i have seen people in our space actually that work hard at the start put the foot off the gas and they've lost it also yeah there's a real balance of like we'll never believe our own hype i guess we don't have to do it all ourselves as well so you know we do a lot of it ourselves but we have some people to help us now and i just envisage that becoming more of the way and we've got like a big old get savvy team doing everything and we can focus on the bits that we enjoy because i don't want to not work but i love you know when we train someone and they have that light bulb moment and they get it and they not only learn how to use social media to get more money 
but they start to enjoy it as well because if it's something's bringing you money you're going to enjoy it so you know I like it when we go and do speaking gigs or when we used to or when we go around meeting people um so yeah really still want to do all of that stuff hate it when I have to do a spreadsheet or pay an invoice or you know even talk about these things um so for me my ambition is to get to a place where I'm doing the bits I enjoy and we've got a fantastic team around us doing all the other bits that they might enjoy as well hopefully they still get flexibility but they get to do bits that they want to do in the time and things so yeah life is not about getting to 65 and then suddenly enjoying life you know definitely not five years from now what would an ideal day look like for you I think to have the flexibility to do whatever I want that day so to have stuff in the diary where we're going to go and do a talk we're still doing our program um so I'm still heavily involved in the business but I can do other things well I can do it from anywhere so I didn't ever go traveling you know when you do the gap year after university I didn't do that because I thought oh I'll just um I'll just start work get my wrong foot on the rung of the ladder and then I just wanted to do that and I never got around to doing it and so I wanted to go and live abroad in fact of course I wanted to live in America actually or anywhere um and so when I met my first husband he'd been offered a job in America but didn't take it but he said yeah that's my aim as well and it took me years to realize that was complete rubbish and he was never going to go anywhere um so what I want you know I'd love to go and live in France for a year and um that's not that far away you can do everything you want to do online and still travel to whatever you need to do or to go and spend a load of time in America and things like that so yeah my aim is to do all of that kind of stuff definitely I same I would like the idea of like everything kind of running the podcast still going books out talking you know gigs and and whatever else and so one of the things that we ask every single person that comes on here is uh, for a book recommendation so uh, obviously if you're listening to this podcast now go and uh, rate it review give it a five star review don't give it less than that give it a five star review Uh, give us a review as well so five star it review it and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot that and send it us either email us or put it on instagram actually put it in social media somewhere that'd be better and tag us or whatever um and you're going to be in with a chance of winning um the book recommendation um of that particular podcast so what is your book recommendation then anita there's loads actually of books that I think are fantastic so it was a difficult one but this one um, was one that I listened to and then had to go out and buy because I just wanted to have it and it is it's quite a famous book actually it's by James Clear and it's called Atomic Habits and it gave me a load of inspiration for things that we do in our business um, but it also inspired me just in life to think about it's kind of based on um, nudge theory so you know you, you can't say right tomorrow I'm going to be like a fitness freak I'm going to start doing four hours exercise a day and I'm only going to eat lettuce because that's never going to happen but if you just try and say right I'm just going to change one little thing um one tiny little thing and I'm going to be really specific about when I do it and then I'm going to worry and once that's happened then I'm going to worry about other things as well um and it does work definitely so it's a fantastic book to read for personal development and for business so definitely worth it so that's going to be a good one for someone to win and the other question that we're going to ask everybody that comes on this podcast is what makes you savvy so anita what makes you savvy so obviously i knew this was coming so i had to think about it and do you know what what makes me savvy is getting older definitely when i look back to how um confidence is a weird thing isn't it because it's not actually based on ability or or looks or anything like that and so when I look back to you know my 20s I was really lacking in confidence and I, I, I almost want to shake that 20 year old and go you could have been anything gone anywhere done anything you know you had the world at your feet and I think you get to a stage where you just go 
do you know what? No one's going to give me these opportunities. I've got to go and get them myself. No one's going to judge me for doing that. In fact, if anything, I'll be better off. You know, people will think better things of me. So the more I've done it, again, Atomic Habits, just little things like approaching you, saying, can you help me with this? Go into that networking meeting. And it all works out really well. So now my ambitions have got bigger and bigger in terms of the Get Savvy Club and everything we're going to achieve. And it um, has enabled me to play bigger and think, I can do that. Why can't I do that? Why can't that be me? And so just getting older has made me more savvy in that I'm just going to go for it. You know, if it doesn't work, I'll handle it, move on, learn from it and, you know, get where I want to be in the end. And so I think that is what being savvy is for me. Good answer. I noticed uh, one of your LinkedIn posts a while ago saying that you don't have any hobbies. Um, Like, it is an odd one, isn't it? Because some people really like have hobbies. Um, So what do you enjoy doing for fun then that's not work? Set aside the fun that we have at Get Savvy Club not related to this what do you like to do for fun keep it clean yeah the real well the reason i said that is because i run most days but i wouldn't count it as a hobby because i always go oh, God, i don't want to go but i do it because it's called type two fun i read recently and it's type two fun is when you enjoy it after you've done the activity that's supposed to be fun so afterwards i know i'll have a better day and i'll feel better for it and because my ambition is to travel and i know i've got to travel a bit when the kids don't need me around all the time so a little bit later in life i still want to maintain have that energy to be able to just go anywhere and do anything so if I stop running now who knows what will happen I'm too scared to stop so I go out so I run every day I've got a dog so I'm obviously walking with the dog I love reading I love walking actually so Mark and I will often go on a walking holiday or up to the Peak District or Lake District and go walking but mainly my hobbies I think are travel I'm either looking at where I could possibly go googling it um, booking something or going on a mini break or holiday so that's why I've found you know lockdown and not being able to go out and do that or even plan it you know I've not been able to google holidays and plan something that's probably what I found the hardest about it yeah it's the stuff because you are supposed to always have something you can be looking forward to yeah oh and food I love I love food I love food and eating but that's why the running's good as well because hopefully they balance each other out Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Um, obviously, we're going to go into other things. Over the time of this podcast, you're going to get to know us guys more and probably more weirdness and quirks about us and what we're about will come out. But ultimately, with a Get Savvy Club, you can go and find us anywhere on uh, social media. So put Get Savvy Club in, join our Facebook group. Obviously, rate, review this. Um, that'd be fantastic. But we're going to be, it'll be a lot easier doing the rest of them where we're focusing on uh, the yes. other guests that are on. And obviously, we've got this concept called Savvy Quickies. So they're the ones that are going to be just value for you to just learn actionable actionable tips straight away so uh, thank you very much thank you it hasn't been as painful as i thought it would be and we'll see you all soon that was marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club if you enjoyed it join our facebook group just search get savvy club